Welcome to episode 21 of Flight Football and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most. Not as good as some, Mike. How are you? Normally, I'd say it's pretty good, but got a little backstory here, a little frustration. Um, I would say prior to 2019, I was a True Green Kim Long customer for 25 years, two households, and always prided myself on having, I'm going to concede the best lawn in the neighborhood to the lady across the street because she does, you know, I tip my cap to her, you know, but there's no shame in being number two. Um, and last year, I decided I was tired of uh, True Green bending me over the table, shoving it right in my hoop with a sandpaper finish. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Lush Lawn. 2019, I was happy with the service I got from Lush Lawn. But after two cuts of the 2020 season, I'm wondering if Lush Lawn was living off the residuals of 20 plus years of true green treatment because looking at my lawn, I, I did see two dandelions, which I am going to send out an email tomorrow. And I have had one treatment. So I don't know. I don't think they're, it's, this is COVID related because they did give me one treatment and I have paid for it. But yeah, through two cuts, I'm feeling like the uh, person in the middle of a 10 to 12 man frat bukkake. And <laughs> I, I just don't think they're, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling the love of lush lawn. So, you know, it's only May, you know, May 10th. Uh, happy Mother's Day, by the way, to all the mothers listening out there today. Um, you know, I'm not feeling the love from lush lawn, but, you know, because as I'm cutting, I'm real OCD about my lawn. I'm like, oh, there's a bare spot there. Oh, there's dandelion number one. Oh, there's a bare spot there. And it's like, I never had that feeling with True Green, so I'm almost feeling like I should get prison raped on the pricing with True Green and go back to them. But other than that, long story short, too late. I'm doing fine, Dave. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. You managed to slip in the word bukkake on top of it, too. So that's not bad. I'm glad you separated that, though. You at least kept one sentence between bukkake and happy Mother's Day. Exactly. I was just going to say we're probably the first pod that ever incorporated the two topics together. <laughs> I mean, unless you're, unless you're Nina Hartley's kid. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. What do we got for beer today? Hey, uh, we have a pod first. First on two fronts, actually. All three of our selections are nitro brews. So we have never had, we've never tried a uh, nitro Ooh. on the pod. And the second is a couple of these selections actually come with uh, directions on how to pour your beer. What? Which we've never, we've never come across. It's mostly pour, tilt, whatever. And for the most part, we've done our fair share, but. I'll be damned. Up, there they are. Yep. First up on the docket, Bud, Budweiser Nitro Reserve Gold, 5%, alcohol by volume. IBUs, the infamous NA, untapped rating of 3.10. But anyway, Dave, just in case you're not, I did see you, I heard you say there they are. But hey, what we got to do is we got to tip the can three times and then we got to pour it straight down the middle. 
no tilting in the glass. So before we crack it and toast, let's follow pouring etiquette of our first ever nitro on flight football and anything else. Flipping this can and doing that, that's like scarier than being a three-peckered billy goat in a field full of nannies. That, that it is. And, you know, I'm going to be pissed at Anheuser-Busch if we what, we do the, the old three tilts and we open it and it goes all over the place. That's what I'm saying. I'm keeping it way away from the way away yeah. from the lap. Yeah, the laptop. Yeah, and if that happens, we're going to get back to the Bukaki reference. <laughs> so anyway, without further ado, let's try to pour this bad boy correctly. So here we go. One, two, three. I'm cracking mine. There's straight, a little bit of a Straight down the pipe. Yep, it says straight down the pipe. Got it. Oh, hey, Anheuser-Busch don't lead you astray. That is the perfect beer. Now, I had quite a bit of head on mine, but it's disappearing really fast. Oh, what a golden pour. Yeah, golden really. Pour, well, this is the Nitro Reserve Gold. I so, do like the colors of the can, too. Yeah, yeah, a Reserve Gold, if you will. But anyway, I'm excited to try our first Nitro. Doesn't smell like Budweiser, per se, but mm -mm. let's get this baby no. started. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. That well, is different. Very easy drinking, though. It's, well, almost, like you're, it's almost like you're uh, drinking a uh, puffy cloud on a summer day. Well, it says extra smooth golden lager, so they have got that right. There is, wow, that's different. Not bad yet. I'm not saying that. Just very different. Yeah, very, like I say, very. It's almost as if you were drinking a marshmallow or a puffy cloud. Like it, there's no heavy. It's a very light taste to it. Right. Decent flavor. I, I guess you get a hint of the Budweiser. Uh huh. That made it. That made it the king of beers. But anyway, yeah, I, let's, I don't let's, know. Let's uh, hold our rating till the end, as we normally do. Yeah. Do you see, uh, see, hear, read anything about UFC 249? Because live sports is back amongst us. Yeah, and uh, I watched all the hype leading up to Saturday, and then um, of course I didn't. I didn't buy the pay per view. I actually I thought about it. Uh, I really came really close to pulling the trigger, but I didn't. And Dana uh, White appreciates you thinking of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does. He would have been more appreciated, <laughs> appreciative if you actually had bought it. But right. But uh, wow, you know, seeing some of the some of the the video bites and sound bites from it, um, thinking maybe I should have. Uh, the main card, there was some, there was some heavy hitting, um, as well as in the actual heavyweight division. I think that was. I don't know what which card that was. It wasn't the main. It was like the the third third card from the end, third card from the main. 
but uh but yeah it was it looked pretty good very surprised ferguson lost for whatever reason they were hyping him up something serious during the week um but well, he was uh, the champ he was the champ right yeah 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 so um and what I read is he took a hellacious beating and wouldn't go down. Right. But, oh. I mean, clearly, clearly lost the fight, but took a hellacious beating, just but just would not go down. Oh, he's a tough son of a bitch. I mean, well, they all are. That's why they're in that sport. But um, yeah, some of on some of the stuff you can see on ESPN, uh, the app. Um, like I said, some of the video bites and sound bites. You watch some of the video, and it's just like, how how do they not go down? I mean, uh, some of those I would think my head would just be rolling across the octagon. Um, the, I like I said, I didn't see any of the fights and have seen very little video on it. But I did read the ESPN uh, UFC cover person. I read his article, and he did bring up a very interesting point that with no fans it was totally unique and very interesting and it gave him a, a totally different perspective of the sport because each and every shot that landed you could hear i mean oh the you know flash on flash right. and you know just like something that some hits that would might be normally drowned out by 15,000 people there was no drowning it out with nobody there and it was like in he said, oddly enough, you wouldn't think it, but he said a, a, a fist to the stomach or chest makes a much different sound than a fist to the face. And it, so that would be yeah. – it, it, actually, that's almost eerie if you think about it. Like when you're watching it, all of a sudden you're just – you know. And right. You could just, and you, as you're watching it happen, it'll be like, oh. With 15,000 people, you might not normally hear that. Well, like just before the pod, when, you know, we were going over and watching some of those little clips on ESPN, that's the one thing that was popping into my head is that I guess where I came from as far as like my head would have been rolling, like there was some hellacious hitting going on. Maybe it wasn't as, as hellacious as it normally is, but you, that's what I'm thinking now because you could hear that noise. You right. could hear that pop and it was so intense. It yeah, that's crazy. They might, they might have to, uh, from this experience, now that I'm thinking about it right at this second, I'm thinking, man, they should maybe mic those guys somehow to get that yeah. part of the, you know? Yeah, you, yeah, because um, that would, although that would probably end up getting knocked off, but that might even make, make it better. You know, the yeah, I don't know how they would. Flash, flash hitting flash and the mic getting knocked out of the mat and stepped <laughs> on by the referee. <laughs> So, um, but I mean, I guess it's a start, you know, live sure. sports back. I mean, I'm still not, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch them, you know, just cause there's nothing else to watch. Right. But sports with no fans, I just, it just, right. Doesn't, doesn't seem right. So I, I don't know, but yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, when we're never ever going to be able to get back together. So that's not yeah, I true. Guess, I guess will. you got to do. I guess you got to do something. In fact, I remember you brought something up. Uh, you know the uh, track coach or whatever at MSU, yeah. and he was talking about um, what they're going to do about the lesser sports. 
and by lesser, I don't mean any disrespect to the people that play those sports, but what I mean by lesser is... Non-revenue is the word you're looking for. Thank you very, thank you very yeah. much. Um, and, you know, like if, you know, the University of Michigan Wolverines have to play their football games, which typically have over 100,000 people in it, and what do, they, what do they say? It's like the fourth largest city in Michigan. Uh, yeah, right. Days, you know, and if they have to go to all of a sudden nobody there, um, you you got to take care of yourself. And I, I guess the only way I see those non-revenue producing sports surviving is on a pay-to-play basis of some type because you can't expect the program that was footing the bill, i.e., men's. And to, to, to an extent, women's college basketball, because women's college basketball is getting a lot of, you know, TV revenue and whatnot. So you know, I want to yeah, be Title IX uh, appropriate here. So, uh, <laughs> That's good. You know, um, and then, uh, of course, men's football, the, you know, the, the big boy on the block that's, per, you know, building right. the science labs and the, and the wings of this building and the wings of that building. But, you know, so if they all of a sudden lose – uh, millions and millions of dollars and the women's field hockey team cannot be funded then either the women's field hockey team or the men's wrestling team you know they yeah, go by right. the wayside or they gotta the athletes have to pay or right. fundraise or something something yeah that was basically uh, in the newsletter i got kind of spelled out and it's not it's not a secret yeah if if football doesn't happen in the fall uh those those spring spring sports the seniors that we're going to get to come back um even if the even if the sports are allowed to play some of them might not be played in the spring because there won't be any money oh exactly um uh, yeah because because it's a it's a, you know a lot of the in what they call non-revenue or you can kind of switch out the word Olympic. Some of the, most of the Olympic sports are non-revenue right. uh, at the college level. So a lot of those Olympic sports, non-revenue sports, um, they won't be able to be funded. Uh, those kids that are getting full ride scholarships uh, who I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to handle it, but you know, some of the, some of that scholarship money just won't be there. Exactly. And then, you know, I, I was reading something and where the NCAA president, Mark Emmerich, um, he says that if schools don't reopen, there will be no sports. So, I mean, you know, so if the schools aren't open, their NCAA is basically saying, okay, well, you know, if kids aren't coming to our, you know, class, you know, right. obviously school is going to go on because we have to still develop lawyers, doctors, uh, this profession, that profession, you know, accountants, everything under the sun but that would be all online. But, you know, the NCAA president is saying, you know, if kids aren't in our schools and we're not going to do, do the sports. Right. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting I, I to think see. the big, I think the big four of the professional sports, I think, you know, we, even with the television contracts, they're going to go on. I mean, it, it will be different and, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully fingers crossed, you know, one day, you know, you and I are elbow to elbow with, some 450 pound slob drunk as a skunk sweating like a pig at a uh, Red Sox tiger game. And, you know, 
you know, and it's 35,000 people cheering the Red Sox on right there at uh, Comerica Park in Detroit. But right. until then, I mean, I mean, the major sports, they're going to survive even if there's nobody there because people will, you know, they're going to gamble on it. They're going to watch it. Just, But I think, you know. Right. You know, Division Eight football in Michigan, that may go the way of the dodo bird. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep. Well, we'll we'll see. I mean, if if you look at there's a couple websites, government websites and other websites, and they're all pretty similar. I mean, between the Spanish flu and the swine flu and the bird flu, and you know, there's a couple of them that you look at in all the stuff. I mean, crying out loud, there's a pill for there's a pill for AIDS now. There's uh there's a vaccine for Ebola. Um, you know, yeah, it's going to take some time, you know, and, you know, our kids are in a pretty precarious position where it might happen, might not happen, uh, you know, before the end of their senior year. But I mean, as far as getting back to being in stadiums and stuff like that, whether it takes a year and a half, whether it takes two years, you know, it's more than likely to happen, you know, given this particular situation. Now, if something else happens or they're lying to us about it, like you said, you know what I mean? Unless there's something beyond, beyond what they're telling us, which doesn't seem to be the case. Um, yeah, I would imagine, you know, two years and, you know, there'll be some treatments and vaccine, something to that extent that will get us back to a certain level of normalcy. It might not be completely the same, but, um, you know, I, I think so. I'm a I'm a believer that that's going to happen. Now, in the near future for this fall, eh, you know, nobody's got the balls to say, <laughs> you know, things are gonna things are gonna happen. The UFC thing, though, you know, even though they had one person that one fighter that tested positive and he was in the hotel, you know, Dana White seems at this point to be right. Their system worked. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. They, you know, and and so they 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 tested and they checked and they kept everybody quarantined. He didn't seem to infect anybody else, at least at this point. And you know, it seemed to go off pretty pretty well, even given the fact that somebody tested positive, one of the fighters. Right. Well, and the only but the only thing, you know, me being the half the glass half empty type of guy. Um, one NFL team probably has more members. Oh, sure. Than everybody involved in UFC. Absolutely, I I, so, I, I mean, totally agree. That's a different animal. I mean, NBA might stand a little bit better chance because the rosters are so much smaller. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess we could talk to our blue in the face about what is you know. Yep. I just resigned to the fact that, um. Uh, There'll never be sports again, and you know, pretty soon, <laughs> pretty soon, as we discussed last week, one of the sports we could uh, see on uh, the Ocho is uh, live head-to-head Russian roulette. I mean, you know, I mean, you you don't even have to get near anybody to play Russian roulette, so that's COVID-friendly. <laughs> Mike, not only is that cup half empty, but it's bone dry, and there's a hole cut out in the bottom of it. 
Exactly. So that means it's time to rate the old Budweiser <laughs> Nitro Reserve Gold, our first ever Nitro rating on the pod. By the way, so we did not, before we rate this beer, we did not infringe on anybody because it's Sunday night. And as every as all the wrestling fans out there know, it was WCW Monday Night Nitro. Our pod is Sunday Night Nitro. So we didn't infringe on any uh, copyright issues or nothing. So we won't be hearing from any of uh, Eric Bischoff's lawyers. Sweet. But uh, let's go ahead and rate this one. Untapped rating of 3.10. It's going to be interesting to see if the next two Nitros have the same, like, soft, cushy texture being a Nitro. Yeah, I like Budweiser. I'm. I think the untapped crowd is accurate. I'm going three point one five. Okay, so I asked myself. I, I. I mean, I didn't spit it out. I'm finished my beer. Overall, I didn't like it. It's just too, and it's too different. Um. And I, if, if that was the only thing there was to drink, yes, I would have another one. So on a scale of zero to five, you know, if 2.5 is middle of the road, is okay, fair, I'm going to put this at a 2.75. All right. Fair enough. I see where you're going with it. Because like I say, I mean, I mean there, was, there wasn't a ton of flavor to it. I mean – Certainly a lot more flavor than it's uh, Bud Light, you know, yeah. brethren. But, um, and you're right, it's it, very different, and it would take some getting used to. And it's going to be interesting to see if the other two nitros have the same effect. Right. All right. For our second tasting on Sunday Night Nitro, we have Galactic Cowboy Nitro Imperial Stout from Lactate yeah. Brewing Company. 9% alcohol by volume with 44 IBUs. Oddly enough, Dave, uh, our third selection is also from Left Hand Brewing Company, which was Purely coincidental because I bought the Galactic Cowboy well before I bought our third selection. So, you know, may, maybe our left-hand brewery is just a uh, nitro specialist. Maybe. Um, we'll see. No directions on this bad boy as far as the flip, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go one flip and then pour it like I did the uh, Budweiser Nitro Reserve Gold because nitro is nitro, right, Dave? <laughs> right. So let's tap this bad boy and get her going. Why do I feel like when I'm drinking a nitro, I'm just I'm I'm I am being a bad boy. I'm being a rebel. Holy mackerel, that looks fucking thick. Yeah. Almost like I'm telling somebody, hey, hold my medals while I kiss your girlfriend. I said that's what I said that's what teeth said. <laughs> I was tongue-tied with the thickness of this nitro bro. My, <laughs> that seems like I'm trying to think of like that seems like a, a thinner like chocolate syrup like you're gonna put on your ice cream. I was thinking it was the Quaker State. Oh, look at that settle out like that. Yeah, it's very it's settling it's settling out very nicely. Almost looks like a uh, 
volcano. Oh, once that's crazy. Once we go to our YouTube live channel, this would be amazing television for our viewers. You know, our listeners are thinking, yeah, what a bunch of assholes. <laughs> these guys, yeah, are, these guys are fucking dorks. <laughs> nonetheless. Well, we are, but. Yeah, that, that was cool. All right, here we go. Cheers. Here we go. Cheers. Well, that was kind of a thud. And that, that, was, that, was two, that was two glasses chimed together. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's nice. Well, you have, I bet you have two or three of these and you're out like a light, but. No, for sure. But correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first beer and I cannot believe I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm laughing. I can't believe I'm about to say this. What if you put like, what if you put like a Mackinac Island fudge or a Moose Tracks ice cream in this? It would work. I, I think it would work because it. Which is weird now because of our third selection, which I'm going to make our listeners stay tuned before I give it out. But this is what I was expecting from the third selection. Right. This is like a dessert beer. There is a, there is a, uh, before we get into uh, this day in sports, let me let our listeners know what we're sharing in here. Uh, blast off into the, at the stratosphere and grab a fistful of stars, smoother than Solo and darker than the Dark Side. So those must be two other Left Side Brewing Company beers. Galactic Cowboy is brewed for cosmic adventure with notes of bittersweet chocolate. I definitely get those. Oh, big time. And black coffee. This high-octane stout is the fuel you need to wrangle the universe. I get the chocolate more than the coffee, but I guess if you really let it sit on your palate, the coffee notes do come through, but it is more chocolate than coffee. Yeah. And I bet as you go through the beer, the coffee is going to come out more. Very rich in flavor. I mean, the flavor is. Yeah. And not rich overpowering. Like sometimes you get like a, you get a, a you know, a dessert that you say, oh, this is rich. And it's, you know, you, mm. No, this is, like you said, it's rich and very flavorful. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, we, you know, after my third drink here, Dave, um, Helmet Breaker is shaking in its boots, I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes at the end of the pint, but I'll tell you what. I mean, this, very happy with the old Galactic Cowboy to start with. But anyway, I... Uh, what is this, our fourth installment? Uh, 21, 20, 19, 18. We started uh, this day in sports in what, episode 17 or 18? I believe so, yeah. Yep. So on this day in sports, I came up with three that I found interesting. And I'll start from oldest to newest. Uh, 74 years ago today, May 10th, 1946, my beloved Red Sox obviously, beat the New York Yankees 5-4 to four despite Joe DiMaggio's Grand Slam to win their 
15th straight game of the 46th season. And I think they went to 21-3 and when they beat the Yankees 5-4 to 74 years ago today. Nice. Uh, That's a good one. Fast forward, yeah, 19 years. Uh, my mother was, on this Mother's Day, my mother was uh, to June, July, August, September, four. She was five months pregnant with me on May the 10th, 1967. Hank Aaron, who for the longest time was the home run leader at 755 home runs, hit his only inside the park homer off of Jim Bunny 53 years ago today. I remember seeing that video often. Yeah. Yeah. So, and my third and final uh, on this day in sports, 50 years ago, the silver anniversary is 50 silver. Believe it. Uh, if it isn't, it is today. We just made it. Yeah. That's... The silver anniversary. No. Wait a second. I know Larry's going to correct me on this if I'm wrong, because, by the way, uh, boxing is not the, uh, the sport of Kings horse racing is. He pointed that out to me. That was like three episodes ago. But is no, silver is 75, isn't it? Uh, anyway, fuck it. Who cares? I don't know. I just want to yeah, move along because I was just agreeing with you. So we can. <laughs> 50 years ago today, Bobby Orr scored his iconic series winning overtime goal versus the St. Louis Blues. It, it was a series sweep. But nonetheless, he won the game in overtime 4-3. And even non-hockey fans, which probably incorporates most of our listeners, it probably is familiar with the photo where Bobby Orr is actually soaring through the air, which it's just the beauty of the photography, actually, because the goal, goal was already scored before he actually went into the air. But nonetheless, it made for – 50 years ago today, two idiots on podcast talking about it. <laughs> That's what I have on this day in sports. Did you find anything else? Mine are a little more, a little more recent, a lot more recent, and kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Now, I'll start in 1991. Interesting little fun fact. In 1991, this made headlines. Oakland A's. Jose Canseco was uh, caught, paparazzi, taking pictures of him leaving Madonna's apartment. Big news. Huge news in the sporting world. Uh, in 2002, the Anaheim Angels crush the Chicago White Sox 19-0. And with that win, they joined three other teams, the 1923 Indians the 1939 Yankees, and the 1950 Red Sox of teams that had beaten two teams by 19 or more points in the same season. Right, so well, that, in, base, in baseball, there are runs, but, we're, you know, who's to argue? But oh, because I'm saying points? Yes. Oh, sorry. More, more importantly, Dave, what was the date of Jose Canseco leaving Madonna's apartment? 1991. All right. I wasn't mentioned in that article, was I? Because I, 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 too, rubbed elbows with Madonna around that time frame. So hopefully I wasn't incorporated in that uh, little uh, rendezvous. There's an asterisk there. So maybe if I go and hunt down where that asterisk leads, it's probably to you. Well, 
and it won't be till this pod becomes famous. And, you know, once, once we, once we get to 50 listeners, <laughs> I, I better, I better start tidying up some uh, loose ends. What are you talking about? We're already at a million. 50 listeners. What are you talking about? Oh, did I say 50? I meant 50 million. Yeah, I, I okay. meant 50 million. You're right. <laughs> um, and then my last one was uh, 2018, Rafael Nadal. Um, he broke John McEnroe's record for 49 straight set wins. So he had won in tennis. You know, you have your sets. Is uh, If you win, uh, first one to six games is a set. In men's tennis, it's usually five sets. You know, best best um, best three out of five sets wins the match. So um, he had won 49 sets in a row and beat John McEnroe's record, which, I mean, if you've ever watched – I mean, I'm not a huge tennis fan, but uh, if you've seen some of those marathon tennis sessions where they're playing for, I don't know, eight, ten hours – I mean, you, you got to start to appreciate the athleticism there. So, in winning 40 – What's that? I'm not a tennis fan. They don't go 10 hours, do they? Oh, yeah. 10? Yeah. Yeah. On the next, in the next segment, I'll look it up. I'll fact check myself. No, they, they play all day. It's – yeah, they're playing into the night. And then sometimes they have to suspend it to give them, to give them a rest, right, and well, then they come back and finish a match. All right. Yeah, I'm going to fact check that too. And if I'm wrong, I'll apologize. I, I'm a big enough man to apologize if I'm wrong. But if there ain't nobody gone 10 fucking hours in a tennis match. Don't uh, fact check it. Don't fact check it now, Dave. This is live podcasting. We'll do it. We'll do it in the break. Well, it's Google. It's, you know, it's, uh, okay, I'm wrong. Yeah, I didn't think the fucking 10 hours. Let's go, bro. I'm wrong. Four hours, 32 minutes. Four and ten. You know, it's just like, a, you know, like I tell Liz, you know, I last hours or seconds. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all relative, right? Exactly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, are we ready to rate this? Oh, no, we got to talk about the next part of the segment. My bad. Oh, yes, Dave. Our contest, our second annual contest. One of two things. Either our listeners are the richest motherfuckers on the planet, or which could be our listenership is fabricated because you just keep hitting listen over and over and over again. Because our modest listen, we're not gonna we're gonna be honest with our fans. We have a modest group of listeners. But I thought when I said I need to receive ten emails. I'm thinking, okay, 10 emails is about 25% of our listeners. <laughs> That's a modest group of listeners. 25%, 10 is 25%. Shit, That's what, 40? <laughs> you know, so I thought for sure I'd get 10 emails to the, the, the bracket of Dire Maker, uh, Stairway to Heaven, Stone in Love, Don't Stop Believing, Crazy Train, Flying High Again, Why Can't This Be Love, and Ain't Talking About Love. Now, didn't get it. Four listeners. But in this day and age we live, 2020, I'm going to go over the results. And there's a $75 
Visa gift card on the line. And we couldn't even get the lift. We can't pay our listeners to participate. <laughs> but I am going to give a $20 Visa gift card as the old, the proverbial listenership participation award. So anyway, the way I had scored the bracket, sent via direct message to my sister at KLifeFail, I had Dire Maker over Stairway to Heaven, Stone in Love over Don't Stop Believing, Crazy Train over Flying High Again, and Why Can't This Be Love over Ain't Talking About Love, which the ironic thing about Ain't Talking About Love was that was just because I was so hammered in episode 20, I couldn't read my own writing, and Ain't Talking About Love was supposed to be, and the cradle will rock. Have you seen AIDS? And ain't, and, and ain't talking, um, and the cradle will rock was actually going to go against crazy train, but nonetheless, why? So and then the, and then the finals, it was stolen love versus crazy train with crazy train being the winner. So of our four contestants, Mr. Greg Denae, sorry if you don't want us using your first and last name on the pod, but you sent the entry. So fuck it. Who cares? You are the winner with six points and you rose. You got no picks right other than the fact you wrote you rode Crazy Train all the way to the bank, and you won it. You know, you got a one, a two, and a three because you had Crazy Train as the champion. Uh, my sister Jennifer was second with three points. Uh, Chuck McPeak had two points, and Nick Whipsky had two points. Thank you to those four faithful listeners for sending their email in with their contest. Greg, I'll reach out to you for your address to get you your $20 gift card. And the only thing I can figure out, Dave, is the, the uh, listeners were so just mortified by my Van Halen bracket of ain't talking about love, which I clearly stated was not meant to be. Versus <laughs> I, was, I was a little curious how that one made it into your bracket, to be honest you know, with you. But I versus was like, why can't this be love? Because that's the, you know, because there are like, tens of songs from Van Halen that are better than those two, but hey, <laughs> but listen, even in, a, even in a real March Madness NCAA tournament, you always have one bracket that has the infamous 12 versus 14 matchup. Right. I mean, it ain't talking about love versus why can't this be love is clearly your 12 versus 14 matchup. So, yep. hey, thanks to the four listeners who got it out there and, you know, I, hey, I mean, I can't give money away. I mean, I'm trying to create a, a podcast stimulus and you guys aren't responding. You guys have that much money. That might be the problem. Everybody's on their stimulus back because they can't even be troubled to send an email. So for fuck's well, sakes, let's break galactic cowboy. What do you have to say about that? Go ahead. I'm just, I, you know, I, I just think, you know, I just think everybody for some reason is, is conditioned to getting reminders. And so, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying that's a bad thing. But uh, they they probably didn't get a reminder, and quite frankly, they probably forgot. So, um, you know. Well, thanks to the four listeners. So four four out of forty eight. That's one twelfth. What what percentage is one twelfth? Not even ten percent. So that's eight percent of our listeners who have the gumption to go get, go out there and fucking follow suit. I appreciate those four listeners and you are the core of our industry and <laughs> you are going to send us to the promised land. But 
without and further at, ado. Yeah, and at the risk of pissing off our other 92% of our listeners, you know, get your shit together. Let's go. Exactly. Hey, I'm a, I'm, I'll risk pissing them off. I can send an email. <laughs> you lazy prick. Or prick us. What, what is a female prick? <laughs> I don't know. We're not, we're, not, we're not to the point where we're going to say the C word, so let's move on. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about cancer on this podcast. <laughs> All right, we're going to race the Galactic Cowboy. I mean, I'm going to go on record. And we're going to have to have separate categories because this, without question, hey, I'm hosting. You lead off with the second rating. Right. So, um, you know, based on what we said at the beginning when we first cracked this, uh, uh, toasted cheers and – started drinking um i don't think i need to see say too much more this is this is really good um i'm gonna go with a 4.2 all right um 4.2 no ipa flavor whatsoever duh it's not an ipa but a fantastic beer you're going 4.2, untapped 3.85. I love this beer. 4.3. Nice. All right, Dave. Third and final uh, tasting of episode 21 of Flights Football and Anything Else is, as mentioned, another left-hand brewing company selection. Milk Stout Nitro, 6% alcohol, 25 IBUs, and an untapped rating of 3.94. And since we liked Galactic Cowboy better than untapped, we are in store for a treat. Looking forward to it, for sure. Yeah. Hey, um, by the way, listen, uh, when we were switching out there um, right in between the segments there for a minute, I fact-checked this. Now, before I didn't click on what I was looking at, I just read something real quick and said, oh, I was wrong. I actually clicked on it, and now that I'm reading it, guess what, biatches? I was right, and I got to start trusting myself a little bit more. Uh, let me read it real quick. Uh, it was a first-round men's singles match in which the American 23rd seed John Eisner played French uh, qualifier Nicholas Mahat. Mm, I'm obviously pronouncing that wrong. The match Close began the, the match began at 6:13 p.m. on Tuesday, uh, the 22nd of June, 2010, on Court 18 at Wimbledon. At 9:07 p.m., due to fading light, play was suspended before the start of the fifth set. After resuming on Wednesday, the 23rd, at uh, 2:05 p.m. The record for the longest match was broken at 5.45 p.m. The light faded again, and so play was suspended at 9.09 p.m. With the final set tied at 59 games all, 59 games they played. Uh, play resumed at 3.40 p.m. on Thursday, the 24th of June, as Eisner won at 4.47 p.m., the final set having lasted – the final set – having lasted eight hours and 11 minutes. In total, the match took 11 hours, five minutes of play over three days. 
Boom. I I have two things to say, Dave. Number one, sounds like my sex life. Number two, I apologize. I was wrong, and you were right. All right, on with the nitro. All right, on with the nitro. Milkstone Nitro from Left Hand Brewing Company. 6% alcohol, 25 IBUs. Of the three beers we sampled tonight, has the highest untapped rating at a robust 3.94. So, without further ado, now, Left uh, Hand Brewery doesn't say to tilt it like Budweiser does, but so we're just going to follow directions and we're going to pour this. Oh, that was a release of a valve. So let's pour this bad boy and get her going. Now, actually, the uh, Galactic Cowboy was almost, no, this is pretty dark. It's dark, but it's certainly not as thick. You don't see the chocolate in it. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> um, anyway, Dave, before we taste this bad boy, I do, I too have a uh, clarification. It almost is segueing into a uh, hashtag IDGAF moment. Because as a sports podcast, we would be remiss if we didn't give our condolences to Mary Pratt the last known living member of the original Rockford Peaches. She died this week at the age of 100. Oh. So rest in peace, Mary. And by the way, for the, our listeners who aren't sports fans, the Rockford Peaches were the uh, team from uh, 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 A yep. League of Their Own. A League of Their Own. Tom Hanks. Now, here's where the hashtag IGGF comes into play. <laughs> the official Twitter account of the – and I'll give them credit to this where it's do or not do. Right. At AAGFBL, All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. We are terribly sad to report that former Rockford Peaches and Kenosha Comets pitcher Mary Pratt Passed away on May sixth. She was a. You are terribly sad. She was a hundred and one. Come on, folks. Yeah, you know. I mean, do you celebrate? And say, oh, I'm glad that old crotchety bitch is dead. No, you don't say that. She's a hundred and one. You're terribly sad. Uh, hello. No one lives forever. It's inevitable. She lived a. I would say a full life. <laughs> you know, the, the tweet right. should have been, we'd like to, everybody to join us in celebrating the life of Mary Pratt, who was on this baseball team. She was 101. She had did it and seen it all. Not, we are terribly sad. Come on, for heaven's sake. Anyway, Dave, <laughs> without further ado, let's taste this bad boy milk, nitro milk stout. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. Interesting. It's good. All right. Hey, uh, all right. We're like seven weeks into quarantine. Right. What have you, what have you been watching? <laughs> Talk to me. 
What have you seen? What have you, you know, on television, Netflix, HBO, VHS, uh, VCR? It's been, it's, it, it, it's been a, um, it's been a mixed bag. It's uh, nothing. I've not gotten really into any. Um, I've not gotten into any shows. I've not gotten into any. It's been pretty sad, really. I, you know what I've watched the most of, to be quite honest with you, Key and Peele. Okay. The 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 the, the uh, sketch comedy. <laughs> They're funny. <laughs> They're really funny. What do you like? Is it like what do you watch that on? Like. YouTube? Just my, iPad, just my iPad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, with work and stuff, I mean, I'm, it's, it's, doing work online has been a lot more difficult than doing it in person. Just because answering questions, you know, getting to talk face to face, trying to solve problems and answer questions takes a lot, lot more time doing it via email versus, um in person so uh yeah it's it's just hit here and there probably i watch two movies a week and to be honest with you i can't oh i don't i watched the matrix trilogy uh over the last week and a half nice yeah so that was the latest i think i I saw the first one i never saw the other two um mr anderson well, I'm going to fill the role that our uh, co-listeners, yeah. I, I, I know they're fellow listeners of at Don't Forget the Popcorn and, you know, at Dave McPeak and at Wes Ledesma. I, you know, I got to pick up the, the slack for you guys. I mean, the, the public is anticip- anticipating episode 50. So episode 50 better be one hell of a review. Because the public has been waiting for it forever. And you can only use social distancing as an excuse for so long. But anyway, shit that I've been watching, <laughs> most of it's uh, Amazon Prime and or Netflix. Yep. Um, I'm going to give it uh, in order. Like, I recommend Outlander. The only drawback to that is only seasons one through three are on Netflix. Season four is Amazon Prime, but you got to pay for it. And season five is currently on Star. So if you don't, if you're if you're the the viewer that doesn't like to be able to finish what you started, Outlander may not be for you. Um, Liz and I just recently finished Ozark, the Jason Bateman deal. Oh, how'd you like? How'd you like the last the end of the last episode? Did it make you jump? Absolutely, yes, it did. absolutely loved it and it's weird because i absolutely loved one i absolutely loved three you have to watch two but two was kind of season two is kind of a clunker but you got to put the pieces together ozark's fantastic um liz and i uh last year the year before we stumbled you know we with uh recommendations from chuck mcpeak fellow listener and Nick Witzke, you know, the third and fourth place finishers of the contest, recommended Clueless. So Liz and I watched seasons one through eight, loved it. Started season nine, but then kind of got burned out on it. And, you know, the last seven weeks, COVID, we said, you know what, let's screw it. Let's go back to Clueless season nine. We watched seasons 
uh, episodes four through 14. And it must have just been because I was burned out because season nine is absolutely fantastic. Fiona is a smokescreen and loved it immensely. So clueless, you know, that might be a poll question for later on. Who's your favorite uh, Gallagher character? Because, uh, you know, Kevin and V, uh, that's another topic altogether. Um, Afterlife, two seasons, six episodes per season. Ricky Gervais, little uh, British dark comedy. And, you know. I'm surprised to see him in that, to be honest with you. And, you know, it's one of those where, you know, you got a tear in your eye at one moment and you got a laugh in your ass off the next moment. And then the one that I can't recommend enough and it's funny and it kind of reminds me of Daniel Tosh and I'll get to that in a second, but hashtag black AF where Daniel Tosh comes into this is Daniel. I think it was Daniel Tosh. Maybe it was uh, uh, Dane Cook. One of the two, they said, he, he was wearing a WWJD bracelet. It was upside down, but I knew what it meant. So hashtag black AF. Everybody knows what that means. 15 minutes into it, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I'm going to be able to watch this because it's very militant and it's going to make me mad and angry. I gutted it out and hashtag black AF is absolutely hilarious. He's the, uh, it's the guy, it's the life, uh, behind the scenes life. It's almost like a, a, a black version of Curb Your Enthusiasm because he's the creator of Blackish, the HBO, uh, the ABC series. Right. Okay. And, and, it, and um, Quincy Jones's daughter, who was also in The Office seasons four through six or whatever, she's in it. And it is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So hashtag Black AF must watch. And what we have on the docket, Liz and I, uh, Dead to Me season two and Working Moms season four just were released in the past two days. So that's what we got coming up. So that's the television review. So come on, Ed, don't forget the popcorn. We're a beer tasting pod. You got to start doing your part. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Dave. Thank you. Random question. Right. Something from your youth, let's say 15 to the earliest memory. So anything after 15 is not appropriate. Not appropriate. That's how I'm looking for. So 15 or younger. That's no longer around, that you no longer do, that you you don't see you don't have access to, et cetera. So what is your. 15 you, to, to elementary school age. Cause really nobody sure. can remember much, exactly. much earlier than that. Um, something I, <clears throat> okay. Um, oddly enough. And obviously if our listeners have been listening all the way through a lot of odd stuff comes to mind. You know, especially during, I I mentioned elementary school, so I'll go with that. Um, Being able to go out during recess and play on and not being afraid to play on some of that stuff. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember walking up the monkey bars? I mean, they originally probably designed those for people to kids, for kids to hang from them underneath. But the big thing was to like to walk 
up over the top of them. Oh, for sure. Or, or, or the monkey bars, and I and I know everything is you know relative to your size and your age, but um, <laughs> I remember the big deal was to walk along the top of the monkey bars, and I'm talking about the ones that would go up and across, but then it would have the the fireman's pole next to it that would come yes. down. Yep. Right. Um, and just be able to just fearlessly just do that kind of stuff. And if you did fall, yeah, it hurt. Yeah, it knocked the wind out of you. Maybe, yeah, you got a concussion, but you got back up. But you, know you never I mean? showed it either, though. You never showed no, it. No, hell no. You didn't want to be a right. pussy. I'm good. No. No, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Whatever. What's your name? Um, I'll tell you in a minute. It's not important right now. Um. Yeah, I guess that's one thing I, you know what I mean? That was kind of cool. I, I got you. Um, How about you? You know, it, it, this could have actually been a city thing. I don't know if it's applicable to all of our listeners or you or whatever, but like, remember back in the day, and I'm not talking a truck. I'm talking about someone that was pushing literally a three by five freezer with bells on it gotcha. and they would jingle it and as a kid you know the ice cream man oh <laughs> the yeah. ice cream man is coming and you know those that were advanced put that fr said freezer onto a bicycle type at, you know, <laughs> right. and it was like you know so shout out to you uh, to old tommy bashans who gave me my first exposure to dry ice and he would if we gave him money he would let us put pennies into the dry ice but the big shot the strawberry shortcake when you heard the, you know for a quarter or 50 cents when you heard those ding 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 <laughs> you knew the ice cream oh, yeah. that was coming you ponied up your money and you oh, ran yeah. and those aren't around anymore yeah, oh, that's yeah, an Eddie no that's an Eddie Murphy people. bit Ice cream man! Ice cream! Ice, there are still trucks out there, but I'm talking about the guy who literally pushed your freezer with dry ice in it. And if you know there was cream, and when he didn't have the big shot, which was the red, white, and blue popsicle, nothing special with it. If you didn't get the big shot, you were a loser. Oh yeah. And, and you know, and that's one. That's the one childhood memory that. Yeah, I'm in the twenty some years I've been at this residence, there has never been anybody pushing an ice cream truck down these streets. No, and I'll tell you what, um and what in <laughs> this is the honest to God true story, and I probably somewhere have an eight millimeter cassette tape with it on it. The ice cream truck with the with the bells jingling and the music and whatever coming around the neighborhood and my kids going out to the ice cream truck. And this was, um, Oh shoot. It had to have been at our first house. Only one of them could walk and the other two were in a stroller and, uh, Shelly taking them out to the ice cream truck. And I wanted to get a picture of it. I wanted to capture that moment, right? The kids going to their first ice cream truck. And the guy pulls up and he gets to the window and he comes out and he's all smiles. And I pull out my eight millimeter camera 
and I, I'm standing in the driveway, and he looks up and sees me, and I shit you not, he puts his hand over his face and ducks behind the side of the, the truck. Obviously, trying not to get on camera. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Are you joking? This guy's a felon or he's a pedophile or something, and he's trying not to get on camera. It was like, wow. Here we are. It's a merc. I think they actually did, but that was the last <laughs> time I ever saw that truck, and it's the last time I ever saw ice cream. But so, no, I'm not, but he was an actual truck. I'm actually talking about somebody who would walk behind it like a baby carriage. So what I'm saying is the dude, if he would have been doing that in our neighborhood, would have taken off on a dead sprint around the corner because he didn't want to get on camera. He didn't want to break probation. You can't put you can't molest anybody if you're fucking pushing a eighty pound baby carriage full of dry ice. So I'm not talking about the truck because you can still find you know hey it's called making bacon. I mean those are food they're called food trucks nowadays. I'm talking about some poor sap that's pushing a cart. I mean that dude is working for a living <laughs> because he can't get a job because he's a felon. Well, but it, but nonetheless, he ain't getting unemployment, for, you know, for not refusing to work this, what, getting paid six hundred dollars more than he's worth. He's he's a working man. He's selling those big shots, red, white, and blue, baby. I I know it was no. I I remember from our childhood, Mike. It was awesome, and I don't think either of us got molested by the ice cream man. Speak for yourself. Dude. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I knew I was going to step into that one. All right, All right. well, let's rate the Milkstone Nitro, Dave. I'm tapped right. tap with 3.94. I went 4.3 on the Galactic Cowboy. Uh, I think the Milk Stout was much smoother. Mm -hmm. Didn't have the uppercut. To the midsection solar plexus. I'm going to go. I'm going to one up the uh, untapped crowd once again. I'm going to go 3.95. Oh, wow. By very, a whole hundred. Very, yeah. A whole thousandth of a percent. Or no, hundredth. Hundredth of a percent. And the only reason it's going to be is because the Galactic Cowboy had more of a left-right combination right to the face yeah. to knock you out, and yeah. the, the Milk Stout Nitro is a little bit smoother. I would agree with that. The uh, Galactic Cowboy had the chocolate in it, and I think that was the, the main difference, especially in the pour. Because really, like you said, if you, if you go back to the last segment, you were like, whoa. You know what I mean? Both of us were like shocked at how thick that was coming out of there. Um, no, I've got to go, I'm going to go, I, I like the chocolate in the Galactic Cowboy a little bit more, but I do like this. And as I get to the bottom of this, I like it more, uh, than the first taste. So I'm going to go 4.0. All right. So that, so. My favorite was the Galactic Cowboy. Your favorite was the Milk Stout Nitro. Correct. 
And if I look down into my glass, I see I'm out of beer. And as the late great Stuart Scott once said, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. <laughs>